business, leadership, high performance, the journey. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Um, awesome one today where we're going to get into uh, talk a little video. We're going to talk a little creativity. We're going to talk some habits. So uh, my guest today is the owner of Off Color Media, uh, which is a premier video production company and team in the Fargo-Moorhead area here, uh, as well as North Dakota. And he and his team are really adding a ton of value in the area uh, and far beyond in in really telling the story of everyone from solopreneurs to multiple Fortune 500 companies as well. But uh, he's a very high-level visionary, uh, as you will hear. Uh, and Off Color as a company is really rapidly making the northern Midwest known for creativity. But uh, Off Color as a whole uh, and uh, Jay's team, they also happen to be an EOS client of mine. So we may dive into that a little bit. And then lastly, uh, Jay's also a great friend um, that I'm so happy could be on the show today. So uh, with Off Color Media, Jay Evans, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Patrick. Excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, before we dive into the whole journey uh, that you've had and really the birth of Off Color Media, um, I always like to start with, uh, and for our listeners, uh, just talk a little bit about uh, the company Off Color as a whole um, and what you guys really specialize in right now. Yeah, for sure, Patrick. Um, I think the biggest thing that we're really specializing in right now um, is moving towards the, you know, looking at the, like the Nike, Corona, Toyota, really moving towards the highest level of video production that you can obtain, um, which is a little bit of a transition of where we kind of started out and how, how we helped ourselves scale so quickly, um, was actually looking at how do we help as many small businesses as possible. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And you guys do phenomenal work. I know you guys have done multiple video pieces for me. Um, you've worked with a lot of other clients that I have, um, uh, EOS clients of mine, and they are, they couldn't be happier with the, uh, not just, you know, not just the video quality and the telling of the story, but mm-hmm. um, you guys have an awesome process and just how deep you dive into who really companies are, I think, which is so unique because I think a lot of times that's a piece that really gets missed in in the video marketing. For sure. Yeah. Back to kind of where we started out. Um, I think starting and helping small businesses really forced us to go through the process of how do we understand the whole entire process of what a video is, which isn't just the creative idea, but it's also learning about, you know, who their market is, how they got started, what they're passionate in. You know, if they're a solopreneur, it's also definitely looking at what differentiates them from another business or if they're a uh, you know like a solopreneur or a small family-owned business it's like how do they compete against a big box chain and those big things that separate those from the others is their personalities their values their concepts that they live by yeah and that's why it's so fun too when you and i are able to tag team projects also where you know you come in you start working with a team around their marketing their video i come in take them through that eos journey that really helps clarify who they are what they're about where they're going um uh, their values, their core focus, all of those pieces. And then we can really start to pull those things out within the video pieces. And, you know, the the biggest area that I've seen it helps so much and where obviously clients we share have really seen a ton of benefit and is and it's such a hot topic right now is just employee attraction and retention. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think back to, um, it was actually a client that we didn't share at the time, but it was a couple of years ago. Um, it was a, an electrical company down in Aberdeen in Bryant, South Dakota. And they were our first client that we ever worked with that was on EOS and had been operating for a couple of years. 
And it was just immaculate to uh, witness just different walks of life of employees, whether it was, you know, leadership or new emerging or people that just moved there from, um, you know, a bigger city like Sioux Falls. And they just all knew every single one of their values, their mission statement, everything they had down to a T. And it was just very clear to see a company that's running on EOS versus a company that's not running on EOS and how that communication goes from the visionary to the leadership team down to the rest of the employees. Yeah, there there really is a whole different level of clarity and organization and just consistent processes that you do see uh, within EOS companies. I mean, that's obviously why why I love doing what I do. But then to see you guys come in and be able to pull that out and truly uh, express it and tell a company's story is is fantastic. For sure, yeah. I mean, I, I think a little bit bow to ourselves is that you know we we also run on EOS too, so. We're definitely um, a very process-heavy, like you said earlier, Patrick, a very process-heavy company. Um, and I know as, as being a visionary and, and uh, people that follow us, they know what the, what the squirrel is in your L10s. <laughs> um, I'm usually throwing uh, – I've been throw, or I'm usually have the squirrel thrown at me. But um, to create a successful creative company, there are so many different little things that you need to systemize and process out and, and come up with these – action steps and how to complete these efficiently are also going to be that starving artist forever. Yeah, definitely not for the faint of heart, the uh, uh, whole entrepreneurship journey. So let's dive into that, though. So I know your journey, Jay, starts in a whole nother place, um, mm-hmm. but start us kind of back from the beginning. And I know your journey really plays into and kind of your origin really plays into a big part of your why, I mean, behind what really drives you each day. So bring us back, bring our listeners back to where it started, man. For sure, yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm, a, I'm an Asian American. I was adopted at, you know, I think six months old from South Korea. Um, grew up in Minnetonka, Minnesota. You know, probably probably the starkest contrast, uh, you know, if you look at South Korea compared to um, Minnetonka, Minnesota, which is affluently called the Malibu of the Midwest a lot of times <laughs> um, for its just ostentatiously wealthy uh, community. So... Uh, you know, growing up there, they really teach you to stick in this lane, right? This really white collar lane of, you know, you're going to want to go to school, graduate high school, go to a big four year college, graduate in four years, you know, get married in a couple of years, have kids, and, and then kind of go down that pathway of not thinking any, any uh, nonlinear aspects, which is completely fine and, and is a very, you know, benevolent uh, way to live your life. But some, ca- some call that the rat race, G. The rat race or the American dream, whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is, right? I think, I think they may be one in the same for yeah. some people. <laughs> well, I think they rebrand it so the American dream sounds yeah. better than the rat race. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, but no, um, I'm hyper grateful for everything that I, my, my parents were able to give me and, and the community that they raised me in. Um, so many opportunities from, you know, every single AP and IB class. You know, I think there was four kids that went to MIT for my graduating class and Harvard. And um, one of my best friends, Zach Goldberg, went to Dartmouth. So, um, amazing place to start off, but, um, you know, somebody like me who learns hyper, hyper hands-on, very much a visual learner, um, I, I struggled with, you know, really low reading comprehension. So, school was always really tough, um, definitely didn't give up on the challenge, but, you know, definitely always kind of seemed in the back of my mind that it wasn't the best uh, boat or car to get me to my next uh, kind of step in life, but, um I remember taking all of the business classes in high school, and I just loved them, whether it was, you know, intro to business or it was marketing or IB, uh, IB business management and whatnot. Um, 
side fact, I guess here's where this world might be thrown at me. But I was a life scout in the Boy Scouts, and I quit my junior year. I was almost an Eagle Scout, quit to join uh, DECA in high school because I knew that was kind of the pathway that I wanted to go down. That's like dropping out during Hell Week, Jay. Pretty much. You're almost an Eagle Scout, man. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Um, you know, I think there was also a little bit of uh, social or political uh, stigma going on in that time of the Boy Scouts. So um, not like that was the, the big catalyst. But I knew that my... My interest level was was higher than usual in uh, in DECA and my business classes, so um, I made that choice, and, and obviously it's, it's panned out quite well. But um, going on with that, you know, taking all those marketing classes and joining DECA and all those things, um, at the same time being groomed in Minnetonka, I really would watch, you know, a TV commercial of a BMW, right? And it's the brand new three series or X five or whatever it was, and and my vision of my role within something like that as a dream job would be sitting up at some big, long marketing table as you know the head of it, coming up with these ideas and then delegating them down to the blue-collar people that are doing the hands-on camera work. Um, obviously, fast forward to right now, that's what I you know am still dreaming of. I'm still super thankful for. That's my everyday life. But, um, you know, maybe maybe life would have been different if I would have figured that out, you know, nine years ago. But um, that's kind of, I guess, a little bit of contrast that uh, – my environment kind of brought me up to think in, in a certain way. And um, I think it was about 24, I finally realized that's not actually the way that I learn. Mm-hmm. It's funny because, uh, you know, you mentioned the interest in business classes and stuff. I never took a business class. Mm-hmm. Not one. Mm-hmm. I don't think, like any, any. But, I, I like but little, you, but little you can't offer those. Well, I mean, yeah, let's not, let's not go there. But <laughs> <laughs> No, no bad words for Carrington. But... I love Carrington. Yeah, uh, man. If I can, if I can speak to like the one thing I saw as a teacher is, man, what you really spoke to there is like there's so many kids that have different interests. You have the creative personalities, mm-hmm. you have kinesthetic type learners, you have the book smart, auditory type learners. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we do. Unfortunately, our society tries to pigeonhole people into that that one lane avenue right. of go to four year school, mm-hmm. go get a job, you right. know, all that. Not everyone's cut out for it. For sure. You know? Yeah. Very uh, in fact, there's very very many that 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 is not their best route to take. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I definitely don't like talk badly about school, but you know, I I think the school system is is meant to work for the majority of people, right? And I think there's been a shift of how visual and and, and auditory we are now with, you know, cell phones and how Media is transforming things, and the way you consume information is obviously now more towards video. Not a plug for myself, but just facts. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to school for something specialized that you need a degree for, um, like you know, like being a teacher or being a doctor or being like an architect, there obviously are avenues that you need to take to get there. But you know, marketing and advertising, um, you know, how do you teach social media marketing in a college class when it hasn't been around for more than ten years? Yeah. So. So do you have do you have did you have any type of class growing up anything around video? I mean like hardcore marketing, mm-hmm. video production. I mean I would assume not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I I've never dubbed myself as being creative once in my entire life. Um, I remember this is how uncreative I am at drawing. My senior year of high school, my mom bought me those. Um, you know those things you used to do in kindergarten or first grade. Where you had to, it'd be like the letter E, you know, it's kind of broken apart, and you had to trace it to get your E's down and yep. your A's. She bought me that my senior year because my handwriting was so atrocious that she said, "Jay Evans, <laughs> you cannot go to college with handwriting that looks like this." <laughs> I I remember when I went to school, 
Uh, yeah, very much related to that. I remember everything was done on a computer. I went to Valley City State. You know, they give oh, you, a lap- sure. you give you, they give you a laptop and all that. But I remember when I had to take my like teaching certification tests, everything mm-hmm. had to be handwritten. Oh gosh! And that's when I really realized too, like <laughs> my handwriting is shit. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. And I, my hand was like cramping, cramping yeah, halfway you're through out, it. And you're like, oh god. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing how how things have really changed since then. So for sure. For sure. I mean, even still, though, I mean, I know I know when I take my notes, right, I schedule up my day the night before, right, so I write out you know, when I wake up and when I eat and meetings and whatnot. I need to do that digitally, but I know my compre- uh, my reading comprehension goes much higher if I write things down yep. and repeat them. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely proven. So, Okay, so obviously you had an interest in business classes in high yep. school, but you didn't have anything around video. No. So where'd you go from there then? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you only can get so in depth in high school, right? It's a lot of, it's a lot of theory or concepts or making business plans. Um, but, uh, then I went to Iowa State, graduated from Minnetonka High School in 2012, went to Iowa State, um, for a year and a half, was the only college that I got into in high school. Um, and I, you know, got through my, you know, like my psych 101s and my social economic 101s. Um, racked up, I think 50, 60 grand in college debt in that year and a half. Cause I think tuition was like 30 K a Ugh. year or semester or whatever it was. Plus, you know, obviously all the housing and yep. parking passes and everything like that. And books. So <laughs> I was like, well, I really don't want to come out of school with, you know, over a hundred K in debt. So, uh, my mom and dad divorced when I was in fourth grade and my mom moved back to Carrington where they grew up and met, um, to take care of her parents. So after that, I went from Minnetonka, Minnesota to beautiful, beautiful Carrington, North Dakota, for as uh, as home. You're so lucky. I uh, God's country, Jay. That's what my grandma always says. Jay, you're in <laughs> you're in God's country. My like, grandma, what does that mean? She's like, oh, I don't know. Just look around. <laughs> so, I mean, you were what 18, 19 at the time when you came back to Carrington. Nineteen twenty, yeah, somewhere okay. in that range. Um, yeah, and and I think I think Carrington was honestly probably the the best experience that I had ever had in my entire life leading up to that time. Um, you know, my grandma, the next, the, so I got there on, I don't know, like a Wednesday, Thursday morning, my grandma wakes me up and she's like, Jay, we're going to get you a job today. I'm like, okay, cool. When? She's like, now get dressed. Drives me around to Pizza Ranch, <laughs> to Senex gas station, and to, uh, I think it was, I think it's called the Carrington and Suites at the time, but it was a motel, like Motel 8 before that. So for the next year and a half, I worked at Car- uh, Carrington Inn as a housekeeper cleaning rooms. At Senex Gas Station as a um, uh, cashier, and then uh, making pizzas at uh, Pizza Ranch, eighty-five hours a week. Everything you had imagined and hoped it would all be, Jay, and more, <laughs> and more. <laughs> Town of two thousand people, rural North, rural North Dakota, uh, working at a gas station hotel. Yes. Well, well, I, I guess I lied a little bit. I, I did transition to the beautiful chieftain. Motel, conference room, bar, and restaurant. Um, I did that for the last eight months. And I, I really do think I think something I write down in my notes quite often is actually um, working in the service industry as being an entrepreneur or something that wants to own a business, I think could be one of the greatest uh, experiences that you could ever have. Um, it's, uh, you know, obviously working on your people skills. It's working on being told no on your upsells over and over and over and over again and not letting that uh, dissuade. That's probably not a word, is it? We'll make it one now. Okay, dissuade you from uh, <laughs> making those offerings to the ne- to the next table that you know clearly heard you 
one table away make that same offering. Um, and, and obviously, too, just your, your charisma and, and working on multitasking at the same time. So I think that's where it really dawned on me that for some reason, people tend to like me a little bit um, and, and give me business and, and whatever facet that was, whether it was buying mushrooms and onions on their steak or buying a video. Um, I think that's when I, I didn't realize it, but I did at the same time in the back of my mind that working with people and finding a solution for people that people want was kind of the thing that I gravitate the most towards. Mm-hmm. I mean, sales essentially. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and you're, yeah, like you said, you know, if you even as a, um, working at a restaurant, you're selling, mm-hmm. you're selling, you're always Constantly. selling, whether it's yourself, whether it's a service, whether it's like you said, mushrooms, onions on a steak. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, now obviously you're selling six figure video deals. Contracts, right. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, the, the restaurant dynamic, I don't know. I, I think anybody that wants to, I, I just couldn't recommend that job more, you know, b- being a server, right? Because, yeah. you know, you're in front of house and you're back of house, right? So it kind of teaches you how to present yourself in front of clients. And then you're back of house, you're working with your team, and you can obviously be a lot more relaxed. You still need the same structure. But you're also still kind of selling back there, too, in the restaurant, you know, whether, you know, you, you might have fucked up and you forgot your salad or you forgot to put your order in. You need to get that order bumped up 30 minutes when you, you know, um, need to get something out. You're also selling to those uh, cooks of, hey, help me out in this pinch. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's times where something doesn't happen in the back of your organization or somebody forgets to send a logo or some kind of asset file and you need to get that bumped up in the production process. And there's still there's still ways that you need to communicate fluently um, to your internal team or your back of house or whatever it is. Yeah, the cool, the cool thing is, you know, and you see it in so many so many entrepreneurs, business owners, business leaders is very, very humble beginnings, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, oh, doing those kinds of jobs are like, you know, subpar or anything like that, because a, t- a ton of respect. I've been there, done it, bartended, food service, mm-hmm. you name it, all that stuff. I mean, it was pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely enjoyed my times uh, in the restaurant world. It's, 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 a, it's a different space. Oh, yeah. Any Anyone that has not been in food service. Uh, that's something you have to experience because it, it is, it's, you watch a movie waiting is like all, oh, you, all, yeah. is all uh, you have to do and, and maybe not quite that yeah. extreme, but, uh, yeah, it is, it is a different animal, but it, it is a, uh, the people that do it. Yeah. Uh, you got a ton, a huge, huge amount of credit to them because it is a, it's a tough job. It's not easy, but it is a fantastic one though, for learning a multitude of skills. Oh yeah. I mean, basic project management, timelines, communication, sales, you name it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like my friend Colin, he's a, he's an air traffic controller down in Minneapolis, and he worked at Buffalo Wild Wings when, when we were up at UND together. And he said, uh, you know, if, if you couldn't be a server, there's no way that you could be um, an air traffic controller. Yep. And that's one of the most stressful jobs you could possibly have. Yeah, know, I believe it. De- deterring planes from storms or giving constant updates or making sure that people, you know, are alive and getting to where they want to go. Yep. So... During your humble beginnings, though, am mm-hmm. I right? Is the first time that you picked up a camera? Um, yeah, yeah. So between Iowa State and then obviously to Carrington, I decided to finish school. My marketing marketing degree that I hadn't even declared my major for yet. Um, then I moved to Grand Forks in 2015 in August. Went to Northland Community College for a year, and then that was kind of when like, I decided um, that just wasn't the pathway for me. Um, also, at the same time, my friends had graduated from, you know, like I said, Dartmouth, or it was uh, U of M Carlson School of Management, or UW Madison, 
And they were sending me snaps of them at work, right? And they would have these headsets on. And they would, you know, be saying, you know, something along the lines of, I want to shoot myself, um, making 150 calls a day, getting paid $100,000 to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Clearly, there's a lot of other options or realms or pathways to go down the marketing degree that would get you uh, into something else. But for me, after looking at that, that was kind of like, man, if that's what's if that's what this degree is going to get me, I absolutely don't want anything yeah, to deal with that. Things. Yeah. So then, um, in I think it was December, December 2016, we I just kind of decided I was like, all right, my school credits will always be there; they're never going away. If I want to go back, I can, but I got to find something else. So then, basically, for the next six months, I just worked at Texas Roadhouse. Um, with my buddy Jordan Mitleider, who's also from Carrington, or I'm not from Carrington, but he's from Carrington, like you, Patrick. Yep. And um, I think it was like May or June, and then we moved in together, just working at Texas Roadhouse, and then we just kind of were like, like you know, let, like let's let's start something, and we're just kind of sitting there, you know, like shooting the shit, maybe having a beer or something. And I'm like, Jordan, like you are just absolutely yoked, like you are jacked. Like, you know a lot about fitness, you know a lot about diet. You've tried, like, all these, like, the paleo and all this other stuff. Like, let's just make you a YouTube star. He was like, <laughs> he was like, ah, sure. I'm like, no, like, 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 let's do it. It can't be that hard. Everybody wanted to be a YouTuber. <laughs> hey, hey, we're the originals. 2016. <laughs> um, so then we went out to Best Buy and bought a $250 dad cam um, and just just went through the ringer. Right, like had no structure, we had no system, we didn't have any processes on the front end and nowhere on the back end of how we're going to edit these things and what software or how to push them out or what's you know good audio, what's good video. You know, we just we just tried it and it was just super super difficult because there was just so many things that we were trying to do at the same time. Um, also, side note, Jordan made me vlog a couple of times, and I definitely was not a confident person back in 2016. And it was just just awful. It was probably <laughs> one of the worst things I've ever done in my life. We got to dig that out and, and see that, Jay. It's on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> the search commences. It's so bad. But okay, so you guys started shooting. I mean, you started shooting these fitness videos basically for fun. Like, oh, we'll just figure it out. And yeah, I mean, I mean, from there, then we kind of did that for a while, and we're like, ah, oh, the issue isn't us; it's the camera, right? So we got to upgrade the camera, right? So then we bought a Canon T6i, and that thing's about five, six hundred bucks. So we're getting a little more serious. And then we got a stabilizer, like the Ronin M, which is a handheld stabilizer that'll make the camera smooth whenever you're walking with it. And then we kind of got into more of like kind of the fun hype gym edit videos that you kind of see on YouTube that like are, you know, the kind of hype you up to the gym and are, you know, used as motivation. And then that kind of developed into some more things. And, you know, locally, you know, our family and friends were like, oh, dude, these videos are so sick. Like, color look, uh, looks awesome. Like, this, you know, just I'm so stoked watching these. And then we were like, okay. How do we get, you know, Jordan to be like an athlete for one of these bigger companies to, you know, be a model and then how do I shoot this or or whatnot? And tried that for a while. Didn't know how to go about the business realm, right? It's, it's almost like I had forgot everything I learned in the business world and just tried to become a creative overnight. So um, tried that and then that just kind of failed for a while as we just were trying to clunkily navigate around these conversations with brands and obviously we didn't have anything to show them. We didn't have any leverage or any assets um, and, and then that kind of spiraled down the realm of like, okay, you know, how do we how do we make money doing this, right? So then we failed a bunch of times, you know, um, vertically within within the industry of trying to shoot, you know, fun like car videos. And it's like, turns out nobody in Grand Forks has money to pay you to shoot their car, and none of them are that interesting um, <laughs> to, to shoot their Subaru Outback. Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah. much. You're not wrong. 
Um, <laughs> and then, you know, we got into shooting some portraits of our family, you know, friends or, you know, someone that gets engaged or whatever. Did that for a while and then just kind of sat there for about six months kind of just thinking of like, this industry, like, this just doesn't work. It's just, this just isn't working. Obviously, it was not the industry. Um, and then we looked on, you know, onto Instagram, I think right around that time, people touring with artists and shooting like next day video recaps and photos was like really blowing up. Um, like people like the chain smokers were kind of like engineering this kind of whole concept of, Hey, we'll pay you a really small amount of money, but you're going to, you're going to come and travel with us around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, looked at that. And I was like, well, that's pretty sweet. I mean, I'm like 24 at the time, 23. And it's like, that sounds like a pretty cool industry yep. to get into. Um, so then again, now this is kind of where, where it finally kind of comes together is where we had, uh, I had shot out an email to one of my, uh, jazz EDM bands that I've like liked for quite a while. And they were, I knew they were playing a show at down in St. Paul at the venue myth and it was Halloween weekend and they didn't have their normal tour videographer with them. So I saw, okay, great. They totally need somebody to shoot, you know, their show photo of them all in their costumes. Right. Um, Reached out to the tour manager when I was working at Senex and Grand Forks and got an email back in 13 hours. I remember it was like, you know, 2 p.m. or whatever when I was working. It's like, hey, Jay, thanks for the email. We'd love to have you guys come down. Let's uh, let's uh, connect in like a week or so and get you guys on the list and, and uh, get things rolling. Interesting. So, I mean, you had to take that first step. I mean, you really pursued it and were proactive about like, hey, let's start pushing this. Let's look for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. The I, I actually found the email the other day, Patrick, and, and the funny thing is is I said that we were a music or event recap video production company in Fargo, not Grand Forks, to make us sound bigger than we really were. <laughs> funny. Because Fargo's the big time, you know, compared oh, to Grand Forks. Right? Oh, yeah. It's the next Silicon Valley, honestly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, great, great lesson there, though, on like, man, if you want it, go get it. Like, pursue it. I mean, look for it. And I think that's where a lot of people, you can have all the talent in the world and you can have all the drive and such in the world, but too many people sit there on their hands waiting for an opportunity to come and then they wonder why things aren't working. Yeah, I mean, it's totally like what, you know, what like EOS does. It, it doesn't it doesn't engineer that idea, but it can help turn and make them, uh, an idea useful or create a process or system that makes that idea uh, profitable or whatever it is. Yep. Interesting. So from there, I mean, things really started to take off. I mean, what what kind of vid- videos did you guys start shooting from there? And- yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was Halloween weekend. Went down to Minneapolis to shoot that. Um, and, man, we were broke at the time. Like, I think we came back from that concert with, like, 50 bucks in my pocket, like, just enough to get home and gas. Yep. Um, and then, I mean, from there, we, we really didn't do anything too different. We were just kind of set up on this whole uh you know festival or or music tour kind of concept um and we had made connections not with the group that i was i was a big fan of but their opener big wild they were kind of in the same realm as us where they were had some raw talent really didn't have a lot of like uh you know past shows they hadn't really played too many big groups or been on any kind of tours um, but they were looking at kind of doing some festivals this spring. And he was like, Chris said uh, to me, their uh, Big Wilds tour manager was, hey, Jay, Jordan, great meeting you guys. It'd be great to kind of connect in spring when we can bring you out onto these tours. And, you know, we're sitting there like, oh, my gosh, like that would be amazing, right? Like that'd be like the dream. So from then until January 22nd, 
I had basically just kind of sat on Instagram with him and been networking, but just, you know, responding to his Instagram stories, commenting on his posts and whatnot. And then I remember now, um, it's January 22nd at 12.30 p.m. I woke up to a message from Chris, Big Wild Star Manager, and it goes, Hey, Jay, I've got this artist, these dates, this pay. Do you know anybody that can go on this tour to be the video production or video person? And I, like, roll over. I'm like, Yeah. Like me? Yeah. Me? Let me check. Um. <laughs> so I, you know, I messaged back I'm like, "Hey Chris, thanks for sitting, you know, thanks for shooting me that over. Um, you know, cool. You know, would love to go on tour with this artist. Um, what do you need me what do you need me to send over um, you know, portfolio-wise?" And I think at the time we had this thing called Dropbox Showcase, which you could put like a few videos on like a single page within Dropbox. You can have like a little bit of descriptions underneath it, like, you know, it'd be kind of like a digital uh, art showcase. I sent that some of our gym videos that we had done and my Instagram. And then I got on the phone with uh, the artist, um, NF. He, uh, his tour manager was also named Chris. Had a call with him at like 3.30 that day. Locked in the pay. Locked in the uh, full 45 shows all across the U.S. and Canada. Toured for 60 days to those 45 shows from venues that ranged from 3,000 to 8,000 people. And, uh, and then uh, that call was on a Wednesday, right? And he said, okay, Jay, that sounds good to me. Glad we have you for the full tour. So I'm thinking we're going to fly out on Sunday for the last sound check. Then we'll have our first showdown in Birmingham. And I'm like, okay, it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So in like three and a half days, I'm going to be gone for 60 days on this tour bus. <laughs> I'm like, fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> Opportunity knocks, man. You better answer. <laughs> Okay, so you spent two—I mean, two months on tour with NF two then. months on tour. Wow, what was that like? Um, I mean, it was incredible. I mean, I—I I, you know, I was twenty-three, twenty-four. I had—I hadn't traveled really almost at all, um, other than to see some, see some family, you know, every now and then. But um, you know, I mean, I saw every single major city in forty or sixty days. I went up to you know Banff, Calgary, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Um, Toronto, Vancouver, you know, I saw all of Canada. Westside's beautiful, by the way. Um, and yeah, I mean, I mean, just saw everything that anybody would ever want to see in the U.S. Um, it, it was definitely a fun tour. Um, NF was was thankfully a very tame personality. Um, not a lot of uh, partying going on, which was great. Was it, wasn't like a like a Motley Crue documentary. Uh, it was just a little tamer, <laughs> just just by a notch. But no, I was the first person to go to bed every night. Um, one strange thing, maybe it was the sleep deprivation, but those, those beds on those tour buses, man, that was some of the best sleep I've ever gotten in my entire life. <laughs> and they were like coffin style too. You know, you, you, there's no way you could fit more than like one person in that thing. But, um, but no, it was great. I'm super, super grateful. Um, a little bit of a negative note, I guess, but there, I, I totally understand where a lot of these artists get super depressed on these tours because you just don't have any stability, right? You know, you don't have familiar people there. You know, you have your your tour buddies and your tour manager, but it's like, you know, they're not your close family or friends or your loved ones. Um, and then you're in a different in- environment every single day, which is, which is cool, but it's also hyper disruptive to your, to your mind. Um, so definitely felt a lot of that stuff on that tour of just understanding what these artists go through and all these other people. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was an amazing experience. Obviously I would never take it back. Um, I've got some friends that maybe want me to, me to go out on like, you know, maybe a week or two tour, you know, every now and then, which I think I might take them up on if I ever want to get back into that realm. Um, 
but yeah, so got done with that, I think, in like early April or late March. Got back to Grand Forks, and I sent off 330 emails to different tour managers. Wow. Following up with, hey, just got out, just got off this tour with NF, did these shows. Here's some of our uh, deliverables that we had done. Here's all the things that we did. Um, and, and I heard back from, like, I don't know, maybe like one or five people. And I was like, hey, Jay, thanks for that. And Corey, we'll keep you on the list. Mm-hmm. Huh. So you could have very easily let that shut you down. Oh, 100%. 100%. And then after that, you know, I, I obviously had a huge inkling to get back on tour, obviously, because that was my new reality, right, for two months of reconditioned. Um, but sat there and I was like, man, we got to create something long term. Mm-hmm. This this whole chase in this thing, it, it could be fun and, and it could be lucrative, you know, if you're doing it nine months out of the year. But I was like, we got to do something that's going to set us up long term. That's going to create long-term wealth. That's going to create long-term change and, and impact in our communities locally. And and I, I just want to be more than just myself and Jordan or just myself. Um, you know, I want to have a team of people that are I'm helping grow and, and, and blossom into you know, amazing uh, young adults and whatnot. So I was like, okay, let's go back to our roots. Let's get back to fitness. We have a little bit of clout now in the industry, right, quote-unquote. And uh, then fast forward to that summer, and we ended up getting uh, Seth and Haley from Power Plant Meals – and the franchisee owner of the um, Dakota's Orange Theory Fitness as uh, retainer clients for the summer. And that was kind of our first jump into like, okay, wow, local businesses, more corporate style things. Yep. And then also the big thing too was that they're both based in Fargo. So that was also then kind of the jump of like, okay, we're in Grand Forks, but like, well, like, look what Fargo is offering us. Mm-hmm. And they have no idea who we are. Yep. Cool. So then, I mean, from there, I mean, you, you, I mean, you guys have shot for Post Malone. You shot some for Gary V. Mm-hmm. You've done, I mean, a couple of Fortune 500 companies. Yeah, yeah. It's been, you know, I, I think kind of back to the thing you mentioned right away about the habits, right? Um, obviously, we've had so many goals that we that we've achieved, right? Whether it was being able to pay our rent on time for once, or you know, not getting our power <laughs> shut off multiple times in, in a quarter of a year. Um, but you know, I, I think the habits of being a high performer has been the greatest traits that I think I've been able to pick up whether it was from Jordan or whether it was, um, skills or, or habits I've learned from you. Um, just making sure that you're not only solely focused on obtaining goals, but it's like, how do you go from day to day, right? Sending those 330 emails or how is it, you know, going on tour for, for two months and then getting off that tour and being hungry for something else, right? So I think that would be one of the main attributable things that have gotten us from, you know, shooting portraits back in the day to being on tour with NF to shooting Gary Vaynerchuk and then to shooting four Fortune 500 companies. Um, that would be the greatest thing that I would I would uh, definitely push that towards. Yeah, no, you bring up a fantastic point, Jay, especially around just um, focus on just the process and keep grinding away, man. You know, and that's what separates people, obviously, that make it from those that don't make it, you know, of Mm -hmm. get up early, bust your ass as long as you can, go to bed, get up, repeat. And it is literally seven days a week Mm -hmm. for months, if not years, uh, before, like everyone says, boom, overnight success. So where did this Mm -hmm. person come from? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely feels that way a lot of times, you know. I, I think you have the drive, though, like you and I do, um, I mean, I mean, there's never a day that I'm dragging myself out of bed. 
Yeah. There's obviously every morning still sucks. Like waking up at four thirty in the morning just sucks. Like it's never not gonna suck. Yeah. Wake up and your mind is at a hundred miles an hour already. Right. You wake up and you're dreaming about something that you're thinking about, and you go into thinking about that concept or scenario. Or yep. You've got something going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's just every single day, seven days a week. Obviously, as you get into the in, into scaling and you have you know a little bit more delegation, um, you know maybe it's not seven days a week, but you know whatever it is, it, it's just every single day, just getting after it, and also to being able to put that pressure on yourself to keep getting after it, never being. Yeah. You're always like, what's the saying? It's like you're like content or you're never satisfied. It's, it's, not, it's not like you're not like happy about where you're at. Mm-hmm. You're just never satisfied with where yeah. you're at. There's always more to accomplish. For sure. There's always more to accomplish. For yeah. Sure. And, it, and it is all habits based. You know, I love um, uh, what's who's the Asian dragon again? Uh, what's his name? Do it. The red suit on YouTube. I uh, can't think of what his name. Dan Locke. Oh, Dan Locke always talks about just do it. Just get started. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's not going to be perfect. You don't want to do it. You have other shit to do, but just do it. Mm -hmm. Like put it in your calendar or get your ass out of bed when the alarm goes off. Just do it. And if you Mm -hmm. keep doing that long enough, you start to build confidence. And that's where I think so many people miss the boat is they never build the confidence from the very get go to even get the the ball rolling. Right. And, yeah. it, and it starts with just small things sometimes right away. Like you said, like just little tiny things. Like just we just want to accomplish this or I just want to do this for the day mm-hmm. or the week or the month or the quarter. And as you tackle more and more of those and you just create habit, you build more confidence. As you get more confidence, you're willing to, uh, whether it's approach bigger clients or take bigger risks, whatever it may be. But, yeah, it starts small. Definitely starts small. Yeah, I mean, I guess my personal example to that, it's it's, it's a super cliche. I got into fitness and then that kind of sparked my whole journey. But, you know, I was never in the military. I never had, never, I never really worked a job when I was in high school or middle school. So fitness was, like, I guess, my first real wake-up call to structure and hyper-structure. Um, you know, I'd attribute almost 100% of that to Jordan um, helping me through that journey, whether it was the first day that I came into the gym, I was lifting right. My form was corrected. Everything was corrected. Um, he made me track every fucking calorie that I ate. Anytime, even if I would eat a Skittle, I would add a Skittle to my, my calorie count. <laughs> um, I would stay at, um, you know, whether there's 2,000 calories or whether we were trying to bulk up, you know, maybe sometimes it was 5,000 calories. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, I, I guess to that tangent, I guess something that, that just popped up. So, and that, and that was really the first piece for you that really started to build confidence for you. Oh, yeah. Like, I may have to post your cross country picture of you of you <laughs> running at, at Minnetonka because Jay wasn't he was a he was a fraction of the man that he is now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think this is attuned to my to my mindset. But so okay, so I came in. I think I was like a buck twenty five in in high school. But hey, I could run a four thirty mile, so it That's wasn't wasn't for nothing. <laughs> Um, but then, you know, I, I came in and Jordan and I started lifting and I think I was, you know, let's say it was a buck 30, right? And I think we lifted for, you know, six, seven months. And I think I got up to like, you know, 135. And I was like, this, this, like, this sucks. This is taking a long time. Mm-hmm. He was like, all right, we can do a lot faster. And I'm like, great. How, how, how the hell can we do it faster? He's like, okay, we're going to, we're going we're gonna to bulk and we're going to do it quickly. I'm like, let's do it. How do we do this? So we basically worked our way up from 2000 calories a day up to about 5,000. Oof. And in six months, I went from 135 to 180. And I was like, all right, this is awful. I'm going to get all this weight off. So I went from 180 to 150 in about two and a half months. 
looking at that, I was like, okay, that was too quick. I didn't let it sit. I didn't like lean out um, slow enough. So then I bulked again, and I went from 150 to 208 months. I can't imagine you having 200 pounds on your frame. Because how tall are you? Five. I'm like, I say five nine on my license. <laughs> <laughs> Five seven, ladies, <laughs> ladies. I'm five. I'm five ten. In Timberlands. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I'll, I'll send you the pictures. They're they're hilarious. Um, and then I and then I cut down over two years down to one sixty five, and that was I guess kind of a tune of if you're gonna if I'm gonna do something I'm, I'm gonna fucking do it mm-hmm. and I'm gonna do it as much and as possible as I can. I was I was obsessed, um, and then you know leaned down and now i worked uh you know i did that for about three years whatever it was and i cut off about seven years of growth by just bitching it out looking fat which i was i was not looking i just was fat and then um <laughs> obtained a goal that i wanted to do it much quicker which i think a lot of times you know like your your dan lock kind of aspect of like just do it but i'm like just do it and like become like a master at it as fast as possible if you're going to really do it. Yep. Like I'm not going to halfway do anything. I'm not going to become like if I'm going to become a singer, I'm not I'm not going to try to become like an, an all right singer at it. I, I'm going to do that like it's my full-time job if I'm yep. going to really do it. There's so much to be said for what the physical journey will do to your mental journey. You know, and I know that's had a huge impact on you Jay just the building of confidence through building of your mm-hmm. body as you see your body change you know mm-hmm. obviously my background i have you know i'm education but i have a very strong health wellness background and i saw For that sure. with people all the time oh yeah and i kind of took the journey of many people in fitness where they start in the fitness arena and then they start to see what that actually leads to mm-hmm. how they see the fitness leads to the mind and then yeah. they get into more like life coaching or mental type coaching so for me that led i mean all the way to where i am now with business stuff but Mm -hmm. so much of it like man i always tell people if you're looking for a place to start to become successful at anything start with your own body just from a physical standpoint oh yeah um you know uh, to that whole point obviously yeah i mean it's huge i've seen it you know you've always been a coach at heart but obviously being able to to play into your own experiences obviously is a huge uh you know thing that can prove that hey i can, you know i literally live this i'm not giving you advice from somebody else that's living my own life mm-hmm. but i think the biggest thing that i learned from fitness was uh being able to just push myself and be uncomfortable every single day yep like working your way up to five thousand calories sucks that's a ridiculous amount you want to puke every single second of the day and i did that in you know whether you want to call it a benevolent way or not um it's a very selfish way to you know get my body to look a certain way that i wanted to quicker but the biggest thing I've learned now of just waking up every day at 4.30 was, like, I'm, I push towards the hard things. When I feel something's hard, I push towards it faster and, and more aggressively because I usually know that's going to be something that I need to be doing at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Like, whether it's, you know, a, a public speaking engagement, which I find myself pretty fluent in, in speaking and in my ability, but still causes anxiety. But I'm like, okay, if it causes anxiety, that means I care about it. I need to go towards that faster, right? Yep. Or yep. if it's a, a difficult conversation I need to have with one of our employees or a client or even, you know, if it's Patrick and I talking about something that, you know, we maybe disagree on. It's something that needs to be taken care of faster or sooner and more or more efficiently because the longer you let that sit and wait, the longer that problems are going to arise. Yep. Nope. Yeah. You, you, I always say you have to walk through the flames. If you want to get anywhere decent, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to get to the promised land or anywhere <laughs> successful, 
Like you have to be willing to walk through the flames, and most people just are not willing to do that. Mm-hmm. So cool. Well, I, I want to shift gears here because I want to touch mm-hmm. on. Uh, I think it'd be super useful for our listeners if you could touch on mm-hmm. the whole concept of when you think about yourself as a creative. You know, creatives, many creatives start businesses. You know, visionaries, they're big idea people. Like you said, the squirrel, they are the squirrel. You know, all these ideas, they're all over the place or they're really good at a uh, uh, something within business, you know, whether it's a, a, tra- a trade or whatever it may be. In your case, it was uh, shooting video, things like that, video uh, production initially. But how do you balance that and how do you make that shift from being that creative personality mm-hmm. visionary? Because mm-hmm. eventually you can only do that so long before now you have to have a really strong business component behind your business also. And you have mm-hmm. to know how to run your business efficiently. So yeah. touch on just how you know how you kind of made that transition, what it kind of looked like. I mean, obviously it's 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 I see in businesses I work with across the nation, <laughs> it is always a challenge for visionaries, and sure. that's why they need Really damn good integrators and teams that are able to actually execute the the business aspect of it. But touch on that a little bit. For sure. I I think it goes back to fitness once again. Um, I, I think, you know, back in 2016, I was a very unconfident person. I've, I've lacked confidence my entire life. I've never really felt like I've fit into a certain place. Um, not, nothing to my race. Just I just never really felt like I had a, a solid friend group that understood mm-hmm. me. Not that my friends growing up in high school weren't amazing friends, and I'm super thankful for them. I love every single one of them. Um, but I just never felt like I fit into the Minnetonka culture, right? Um, I think now, fast forward through fitness, I've gained confidence, and I, I still have an ego, to obviously, obviously, to some aspect. But my lack of ego and my, and my confidence to say, I don't fucking know that, and mm-hmm. I don't care that I don't know that. And maybe I need to think about, do I need to take that on onto my plate or do I need to delegate that out? So looking back at, you know, from the tour, when I hopped off that of, I need to build something long-term, didn't know how to do that. Okay. Now we worked with some contractors, maybe in the last couple of years, and then now we're you know, hiring people. And it's like, okay, how do I keep feeding these people? And how do I keep, you know, writing those checks every single two weeks? Um, okay. And I'm looking, I don't have structure, right? Okay. Or I don't have processes built. I don't have systems. How do I get to a $10 million company if I can't even get to one? Um, and, and how do I scale this, right? Okay, our margins aren't that high. Okay, how do we build a system for whatever it is, right? How do we keep cash flow coming in? So I, I think it's just the lack of ego or witnessing your ego and, and, and downplaying or not downplaying, but just pushing it down and being like, I'm just not good at this certain aspect and I need to do something about that. Yep. And I know, I mean, you're, you're an extremely humble person too when it comes to even just man within your business like you're still cleaning the bathrooms in in (laughs) your office Uh, Mm -hmm. i mean obviously saving money within your business uh just like you did it uh work at your gas station job yeah yeah that that's a huge piece is um you know like i I mean i openly tell everybody that i pay myself 25k a year people say how do you live on that i'm like "I'm, i'm i'm a single person i have two cats one of them is kind of expensive. He's single, ladies, too. As <laughs> of <it> right now. <laughs> um, but I mean, I mean, twenty five k for a single person living in Fargo, North Dakota, is more than enough money. Like, yeah. absolutely more than enough money. Obviously, I'm not dumping money into four hundred one k, but that's that's not my retirement plan. I'm building my retirement plan, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just being humble, and, and obviously, a lot of things that you know, if you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is. It's just a lot of concepts that Gary says and taking it with a grain of salt, right? Maybe meeting him in the middle. But 
It's just doing whatever you possibly can to grow your business, whatever that looks like. And, and it's not just blood, sweat, and tears. Sometimes it's thinking analytically as to, you know, do I take this vacation uh, and visit, you know, my friends in Denver for a weekend because all my other friends are going. And you have to say, fuck that. Like, that's not going to be worth my time right now. I'd rather buy an island in five years and then invite them out to that and have all the time I want on that island. Um, you know, obviously within reason. But I guess that's the mindset that I've got as to I'm 28 years old. If I wake up in five years, nothing's changed. I'm still extremely young. I still have so much more to go. Um, and, you know, I, I'm yeah, it's, it's just looking at whatever I can do to help grow the business, people within it. Um, or my strengths and, and weaknesses to help uh, add value to the business again. Yep. What do you feel like, Jay, have been some of the biggest learnings or takeaways um, that you've really learned through this journey, I mean, of the last six, seven years? Biggest takeaways in the last six to seven years. Um, yeah, takeaways, lessons. I mean, you think of somebody, somebody else coming into, you know, just an entrepreneur in general, man. An entrepreneur mm-hmm. in general, maybe it's somebody starting their own thing, solopreneur. They want to build it. They want to mm-hmm. scale it. What have you learned from your journey? Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to gotcha. somebody that's looking to take a similar path? Gotcha. Um, I first learned this back in college um, when I was when I was asking for help on, on tests with te- from teachers or um, professors. It really seemed if you go into their office willingly and ask them about questions, they really help you. <laughs> Most, most, I, most. <laughs> I remember my econ 101 final. I finished first out of 300 people in my class, like a quickness of my final. Got 100. percent The teacher told me, "Jay, if you have any questions on on the test, because she knew I knew all the answers, right?" She said, "If you have any questions, just raise your hand. I'll come and help you." So that was my first thing of like, "Wow, if I just ask for help in in, in a fluent way, I'll sometimes receive it." So the biggest thing that I've I've realized now is how to utilize resources that you have whether it's i'm on a shoot and i don't exactly know what the best solution would be in that certain aspect for the framing or the audio level or how should i do this i have such amazing contacts that i have formed in relationships that i can rely on those people or whether it's like i'm at the gym and i need to know how to like lift something certain ways or maybe my shoulder hurts and i shouldn't do this or i call patrick about hey i've got this new contact i've got this new meeting set up how should i go about positioning myself in this aspect um, it's again, it's, it's the lack of ego to say, Hey, I don't know how to best do this. I have resources that are within, we have, we have technology, right? You can call somebody and get yeah. an answer in five seconds. So it's utilizing technology and also utilizing the mindset of, you know, lack of ego, put it aside and, uh, leverage or capitalize on all of your resources. I think one thing I've seen with your team also, and, and you yourself, Jay, that's really cool is you're willing to bring in people that know more than you in mm-hmm. multiple areas. You know, mm-hmm. people that are better specialists in kind of the niched areas of video production, mm-hmm. so that you don't have to know it all. You, right. you know, you're surrounding yourself with talent, which is so so important. Right. Yeah. It, it, I mean, th- there's a big thing about you know, I think there's like you know five or six video production companies in North Dakota, but it's like you know, there's not really competition. You know, you you want to elevate our region, right? And North Dakota and the northern Midwest has, has struggled to be known for creativity, right? So I'm trying to do everything that I can to elevate our team and to bring in outside resources, whether it's, you know, Minnesota or the people in North Dakota or it's uh, people in LA or New York or wherever it is to, uh, to to help 
you know, bring those teachings and to, to help walk us through and obviously give more value to our clients where we're, we're taking a lot of that brunt, um, brute end of, of uh, the overhead or you know, their day rates or whatever it is or flying them in. Um, that's just been a huge piece for us that, you know, we don't want to be status quo. We want to be the best of the best. We have a long, long fucking ways to go before we, we work with Nike or Toyota calls us or, or whatever it is. But, um, you know, we're not going to get there just doing the same old, same old over every day. Yep. Awesome. No, I, I love what you guys do. And obviously, uh, it's, it's, it's unique. It's, it's definitely unique. Um, so let's touch on last, uh, last item here. What's like the next big thing? For off-color media or yourself the next big thing or for myself hmm that's a good question patrick um you know we're at six full-time people right now um there's a few things coming down the pipeline that can get us to 10 people by the end of this year um obviously we need some systems and processes put in place um we're working on that we're working on that <laughs> we're almost in our second quarterly right yeah coming up in a few weeks i believe um, no, I, I think, I think what the region, you know, whether it's Wyoming, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, maybe some in Minnesota, um, a, a big thing people can start looking at is, is how we're redefining education up in this Northern Midwest area. Something that's been, uh, on the top of my radar of how do we provide resources to young children or adults, whether it's, you know, 10, 13, 18, you know, some of the best kids in the industry now are coming up and being 16 and 18 years old in video production. Um, people that are working on Justin Bieber sets or on big movies or shooting for Porsche. Um, it, it's how do we provide the rest or, you know, even them education on, on what this industry really looks like. It's not all just YouTube stars and TikTok. Um, you know, those personalities only only survive as long as they're trending. But, um, you know, how do we educate kids on what entrepreneurship is and in, in, in tandem with video production? Awesome. Yeah. No, I... I, as a former teacher, I definitely have a spot in my heart for that too because, uh, you know, you look at technology, you look at business, you look at everything, um, business climate right now, there's, you know, most jobs, uh, what's the statistic I can't even remember of how many jobs aren't even, aren't even in existence mm-hmm. for, you know, kids oh, what are, you're going to school for. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> young kids right now, they're going to be in roles that haven't even been created yet. You know, right. you think of the crazy stuff around AI and different things like that. Oh, yeah. Of, of how many different opportunities there are going to be around there. But uh, it's, yeah, I think there's a, I think you and I are on the same page too with how do we get society more, young people in society more driven, more willing to take some risks. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I talk a lot about how I feel like there's a lack of communication by younger people in our society. For they have a sure. Time communicating it's, I mean, it's all technology driven. So how do you get back to some of those old school habits like you mentioned um mm-hmm. and elevate people in just man communicating selling mm-hmm. um, themselves more than anything i'm sure the chieftain in carrington would love some servers to help them out so <laughs> <laughs> anybody listening check them out yeah <laughs> okay well jay greatly appreciate you being on here man some fantastic information me. yeah around habits around entrepreneurship around i mean the obstacles that you guys have overcome um, you guys have been growing like crazy, continue to grow like crazy. Mm-hmm. I can't, I know I can't wait in knowing you, all your team members, working with you guys personally, taking you through the EOS journey of mm-hmm. just Thank you. when that opportunity comes with that big, big, you know, Fortune 10, Fortune 20 company, whoever mm-hmm. it may be, because I know you guys will be absolutely ready for it. 
which is for cool. sure. Yeah, thanks for helping us along the way, Patrick. Thanks so, for having me on. Yeah, you bet. So where uh, where can our listeners find and follow you, Jay? Um, so right now, I think a big spurt of our creativity is on our Instagram page, which is just Instagram backslash uh, Off Claire Media. Um, that kind of has a fun format of the way that we present some of our projects. LinkedIn and Facebook will keep you the most up to date on what we're doing week to week on our projects or our fun team uh, bonding events that we like to do every month. Um, and then uh, our website's getting redone right now uh, off colormedia.com. That will have all of our newest work and it will be a very clean, um, minimal kind of presentation of our projects and what we're doing. Who we are. Okay, awesome. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Check that out, you guys. Again, that was offcolormedia.com. Uh, you'll find that in the show notes as always. So with that, everybody, uh, don't forget to follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, greatly appreciate Jay coming on here today. Uh, thanks so much for listening, tuning into the episode. Uh, be sure to subscribe to rate the podcast. Um, also, like I mentioned, show notes, uh, check them out at patrick-metzger.com. Uh, share today's episode with somebody uh, that maybe is in, in, in video production, looking to get into it, a young entrepreneur, um, interested in hearing what it's really going to take to be successful in that journey because there is a lot to it. So until next time, I want to remind everybody to own you and the journey.